0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Duke podcast. Today we have a very exciting episode. We have our good friend and the 94th Rhodes Scholar here on the podcast. We have Diana. Welcome, Diana. We're so excited to have you. I've honestly been so excited all week. Like, I've been really looking forward to this. Diana is one of the most inspiring incredible and very interesting part like so well accomplished friend that I have <laughs> and I've just been so excited to sit down and talk with you and we feel so lucky to have you on the podcast so thank you for joining us I am yeah. so happy to be here ah, I'm just so excited I'm just <laughs> So excited. okay so I don't even know where to start there's just so much to go over um I guess we could do you want to start with the Rhodes Scholarship I feel like
1: yeah we could talk about like what it is kind yeah. of
0: yes yeah. okay I like that
2: so, um, as I was so kindly introduced by Paige, I am Dalhousie's 94th Road Scholar. There are quite a few of us. Every year, approximately 100 students get elected into this um, scholarship, which is to Oxford University for between two to three years of post-grad. So, mm. that is, actually no, just graduate school, not, it's post-undergraduate. undergrad so grad, yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't gotten a, a PhD <laughs> yet, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Working towards it.
3: Wow. So, like, you, you mentioned that, like, it's just DALs. So was it just between DAL students that you were competing?
2: No, actually. So two spots are reserved every year for students from the Maritimes. Either oh. those that have an affiliation with the university, say me, although I grew up in Toronto. I've been living here the past few years, and I have attended Dalhousie University for my undergraduate. Mm-hmm. So that's how I was eligible for the Maritime Pool. But, of course, if you grew up here, then that would also be something you'd be eligible for if you are getting that undergraduate degree. So I was competing against everyone else from the Maritimes that had an endorsement from either Maritime University or those that grew up here and had an endorsement from another university. I know during the final round of interviews, there are a few people from U Ottawa and UBC that originally grew up here, but oh. they had gotten some endorsements from the universities. And so they were also competing in this Maritime pool.
3: Exciting! Oh, so wow. it's not
4: a hard cap on like you have to be a student at a particular university and that defines your pool.
2: No, not at all. It's more region-based than okay. university-based. Interesting.
0: Do you know how many, um, is it 100 applications from the Maritimes or from Dalhousie, or how does that work? Do you?
2: Yep. So each school has their own specific process because in order to – be qualified for the regional selection group, mm-hmm. for, of course, your geographic region, you need a university to endorse you. And often each university has their own interview process to determine who they will endorse because they want to select the best candidates that they think will win. Because, mm-hmm. of course, all universities want a lot of high value and big right. names coming out of their university. So
4: People with the best chances, essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: So I don't know how many people applied to... The Dalhousie group, I do know there were approximately eight interviews that they did, and I believe um, maybe two to four received endorsements from Dalhousie. I know at the regional selection, only me and one other student, who was a Dal Kings student, was present, so there may have been more that was in that pool, but only me and that one other student was selected for the regional competition this year. So incredible.
3: Yeah, one of the questions I have is, um, I know that for like doing like a master's, typically you need to be in an honors program so is it kind of the same if you want to apply for the Rhodes scholarship you have to be in an honors program to then do your master's in oxford
2: not necessarily because there are a lot of different programs you could be part of for example um, you could join a master's of science in just coursework like mm-hmm. being taught in that case you wouldn't really need any research background yet because they are going to expand that for you then similarly mm-hmm. there are other types of courses for example they have um a masters of science and then a d phil which is the equivalent uk equivalent of a phd oh. for for example i believe it's effective policy making and societal like, interventions so <laughs> since that isn't fully research based in the I, how we would typically conduct honors research at least in the sciences i don't think it's a requirement that you have any research background, but it does help you, especially if you want to do a direct to DPhil degree, because they don't require they have a master's over there. They say if you have finished your undergraduate degree with high enough grades, you can typically jump right in, but they do want to, it is helpful if you do have some background in research, of course, because you are still competing.
3: Wow.
0: I have some questions about that then. So, like, if you get to Oxford and you're like, "Mm, I think I want to do a Ph.D., Technically, would you just be able to continue after your master's program, per se?
2: Yes. So the Rhodes Scholarship is for two years of a master's or three years if you decide to do a direct to de There are some additional funding. That's, there is some funding available if you decide to do a fourth year to pursue a defil further. Mm-hmm. But that gets a bit more complicated. It depends on what you're studying. If you're studying in the medical sciences, they typically have some more resources by external grants that you might be eligible for. Mm-hmm. So it does get a bit complicated, but... Um, can you repeat the question one more time?
0: Just, I I think you answered it perfectly. Like, if you wanted to continue on to the DPhil, like, you have an avenue.
2: Yes, um, I could even switch into it right now if I wanted to, but um, there are some visa implications. I may have to return to Canada briefly to reapply for a visa for the appropriate program, but yes, I could pursue further studies if I decided to.
4: So then in that case, if you did do the master's and then go on to do a DPhil, that's not endorsed by the Rhodes Scholarship, though that's your paying unless you get a new scholarship
2: well they would still cover two to three years oh it's covers. Mm-hmm. okay so yeah, you
4: yeah. still got one year on it yes okay perfect.
2: and now of course they take between three and four years depending on your background if you need to do more coursework to get up to date and up to speed with what you want to do for example if i was jumping into i don't know immunology i might need to take a year of coursework just to get up to speed right. because <laughs> we've only taken two microbiology courses through um, our program at dal medical medical science so there are options and it is still fairly funded but yep. as you get more into that fourth year or beyond you would have to find alternative sources of funding for your for your program
4: and this like even covers the international stuff right now too like it's fully funded the Rhodes one
2: Well, you get a stipend each year it's this is something i didn't know because none of my family had pursued graduate studies mm-hmm. i'm the first really so congratulations yeah. thank, thank you great. but most programs in canada you don't have to pay for tuition, and it's expected that you will receive a stipend, or you will um, at least receive a grant that will pay for your education or mm-hmm. your PI, your private investigator. Your not private investigator. What's it called? Principal investigator. Principal investigator. I <laughs> don't know. My my prof, Shelly, she could be a PI. But you know she was <laughs> a sharpshooter. <laughs> Who? Whoa. Sharpshooter. Who she so. was a sharpshooter. She was top for class in in the army <laughs> school. So like, anyways, uh, that's that's <laughs> tangential. But, yeah, shout out to Dr. Shelly
0: Adamo, No relation, but <laughs> very cool. Great to do research with. Would recommend. Do you guys spell your last names the same way? I thought yeah. you had an I in yours. No. No. Sorry. I where, was would just, the eye go? where would it the I go? It was just, where? I guess it I was in a dream. All. I just haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny to read all of the amazing write-ups, I will say, about you when um, we got all the emails and stuff about the Rhodes Scholarship. First of all, such an amazing email to get, but after every single time where they would bring up your professor brackets no relation right <laughs> brackets no, no relation um. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I have a question question. just like um, I want to back it up a little bit. So talking about the Rhodes Scholarship, like I know you personally mentioned you're in the MedSci program and I think you do research in neuroscience for your honors. So is the Rhodes Scholarship limited to certain disciplines or is it open to like anything? Anything at all. I could
2: totally switch and decide to do Art Humanities and they'd say go for it, girl. But (laughs) (laughs) um, just with who I am, I do want to stick more towards neuroscience Perhaps maybe experimental psychology, if that's what I need to accomplish Ooh. my goals, but still more very much in that realm. Mm-hmm. The farthest I might go be for policy. But um, unfortunately, that does have some more fees implications. They're changing their system so quickly. So if I stick with a more research-based degree, it'll be a bit easier for me to get over there. Yeah, totally. If that makes sense.
3: So how supervised do you have to be like for that sort of master's program? Like, do you have to come up with everything? Uh, They expect you to kind of come up with your own research question, come up with your own (laughs) ideas. And they're like, go ahead, use the lab between Saturday and Friday. And just."
2: this is everything that I know. I know that I won last week. I had my first meeting with the Rhodes Trust in England <laughs> yesterday where I was Ooh. told, okay, cool. You need to reach out to supervisors. The application is officially due on Friday, but oh. you should be doing it earlier. So reach out to supervisors ASAP because for your program of like clinical neuroscience, which yeah. is my goal, you need to have a supervisor backing you up. Otherwise, you will not get in. So please email, find somebody that's willing to take you on, and good luck. So I'm currently running through oh, maybe- you I have 200 tabs open, just going through every neuroscience, psychology, medical sciences prof, doing research, trying to see who I can reach out to and who I would like. Um, so it's going to be a stressful few days but we'll we'll see uh, and you came to the podcast uh, today uh, yeah oh we're so well, thank you for
1: we that we are so lucky oh, okay. also I'm sure anybody will take you on oh, like God, when you reach out to them because yeah they would be silly not to yeah, so
4: that's what I was saying is like <laughs> your email tagline just road,
3: road
2: scholar, scholar. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like yes come on man. I'm coming with money <laughs> yeah. but to be fair Professors, of course, already have one under their belts. Most people there are already training two or three other students in a DPhil or in a master's. Mm -hmm. And they'll be so lucky to have a fourth. I'm also, (laughs) this is more selfish, but of course I do want to choose a topic that I'm interested in. I want to choose something that Mm -hmm. I might be able to leverage later on if I want to continue with more academic research. So trying to find something that would be a good fit is also pretty tricky since although I said in my essay that I'm very, and I still very am interested in improving education and removing barriers for those that are neurodivergent and those with neurodevelopmental disorders, it's there's not a whole lot of research on that plus the intersection of more neuroscience and clinical indicators for those things. So yeah. it's either I have to find someone and then try and hammer a, square peg into a round hole (laughs) or or i might have to come up with my own research question which would be tricky and involve multiple supervisors but you know i do have some flexibility this is my research project Mm -hmm. and i do have the wonderful um, roads trust to back me up if i need any additional support which i am so grateful for
3: amazing
0: so amazing. So well-deserved. Oh, I'm just so excited for you. you. Okay, so should we talk a little bit about the Rhodes application? Absolutely. Um, like, yeah. when does it start? What does that entail? Everything like that.
2: So I know Dalhousie, at least, I'll speak more towards them because that's yes. my, my experience. But they offer an information session in March just detailing what the process is somewhat like. They offered another information session in early September. I think it was third yep. day of classes just you know. to tell people when the due dates were. You had to submit an application to Dalhousie the week after that, so I believe it was around the 15th of September with essentially the application you would be presenting to the Rhodes Trust, well, not the Roads Trust, but the Rhodes Committee, mm-hmm. and that included a personal statement of essentially who you are, what your goals are, why you're doing this, how do you exemplify leadership and commitment to community service, and all of that good stuff they look for.
4: 750 words, that one. Yes. Yep.
2: And then additionally, a shorter essay on your academic pursuits. So, why specifically Oxford? What do you plan to do there if you do get in? It doesn't have to be super precise. They don't expect you to know everything you want to do at that point, but yeah. for you to have it, at least a direction or some ideas is great. Yep. Um, they also, of course, require a full transcript and a two page CV.
3: Nice, nice. Was there uh, like
2: a certain format you had to follow for the CV or was it just general? It was just listed two pages, I believe, size 12 font (laughs) and regular
0: margins. But everything else is up to you. What (laughs) were you
3: saying about references?
4: Reference our previous podcast episode. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) For CVs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so after that application was submitted, how long did it take for them to get back to you and what was the next steps after that?
2: It was about a week. And then I was alerted that I got an interview a couple days later. So then it was thankfully virtual. So I just hopped on. They asked me some pretty tricky questions. There were about four people all within either Dalhousie or other professionals um, similar in in academia to which Mm -hmm. I would just do my best to answer. I believe approximately a week after that, I was alerted that I was... Endorsed by Dalhousie that they were going to get some paperwork done, that I could request my official transcript to submit that to Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe a week after that was when the Rhodes um, itself, w- the application was due to the regional committee, to the general committee. Yeah. So I had to fill out their online application with essentially the same essays, although I did tweak them a bit to better reflect what I then knew one month later into the process. Yeah. And after that, I believe it had been. Maybe three or four weeks when I was alerted that I would be going to the interviews three weeks later. Yeah. So from that point on, I ran around trying to find something to wear because <laughs> I do not own a suit. I do not own many dresses that really fit me that were quote unquote business, period. Business. Uh, oh God. <laughs> so it was a lot of planning on that end. I also had to um, acquire a sealed transcript for them to go through just to confirm that i wasn't lying or anything (laughs) um but thankfully the dalhousie roads committee was very helpful and helped me getting everything that i needed prepared and then the interview occurred in moncton um well there's like (laughs) (laughs) woo. yeah new brunswick (laughs) um the friday of reading week was the dinner so we had me all the other final candidates and the Rhodes interviewers Mm -hmm. for the Maritimes all met we had dinner together Um, of course dinner table talk about politics and war and (laughs) COVID restrictions and everything you can imagine when you were
0: sorry to cut you off when you were talking about this dinner is it more is I wasn't getting like sit down interview style vibes it was more just like getting to know you or what do you think the process or the purpose of this dinner type deal was
2: Well, they say that they're not evaluating you, but we all know, of course, there are some subconscious (laughs) um, (laughs) notions there. But I think it's more about learning what each what each applicant stands for, who they are as a person and really what their goals are in a more relaxed setting versus when you have to be more dispensive in the interview. Mm -hmm. It's really just trying to understand their views and talk about things that aren't necessarily related to exactly what you want to do, more yeah. so what do you think about general policies, what are your opinions, what do you like to read. Uh, we had a lot of conversations about our favorite TV shows with us <laughs> and the interviewers. Um, so it was also a great opportunity for us to learn a bit about what these professions entailed. For example, there was a provincial lawyer and there was one of our professors that we've actually been um, learning from. Amanda
0: yeah. Crazy, yeah. very crazy. That must have been a jump scare. It was.
2: <laughs> it was. Um, <laughs> A couple of physicians Any chance they recognized you Or no? No not at all She actually asked <laughs> me If I took her course and then <laughs> Oh <laughs> um. dear Oh I did <laughs> yes, I the Yeah <laughs> The orange <laughs> hair <laughs> um,
4: Was this at a restaurant Or no?
2: Uh, no it was at the hotel So okay. I did have to pay For my night at the hotel Which oh. is oh Minor hmm. um, But of course Was it a nice hotel? It was the Tapestry Hilton I believe okay. it's Hilton. called Oh so it was Hilton. A nice <laughs> It was fair
0: yeah. Did you enjoy your time In Moncton? I was just so stressed. I yeah. Admit. Um
2: Yeah. Funny story. I actually, forgot something, and I had to have someone like airmail me. <laughs> in the oh but I got it in time, so we're all good. That uh, <laughs> airmail. That's. Uh.
0: <laughs> so how was the? Um, what was the, for lack of a better word, structure of this dinner? Because I remember when you were talking yeah. about it, I was like, oh wow.
2: <laughs> so at first, you just walked in and you just talked to everybody. Then, we, of course, we made a little circle and we all introduced ourselves. Um, then three, me and two other, um, applicants were sat at a table and the other applicants also were dispersed between two other tables mm-hmm. and the interviewers came and sat down and so we had, I believe three courses. We had a salad, we had the main course and then we had dessert. So for each course, the interviewers would shift. So you have three <laughs> interviewers at one time that we talked to and converse with and it would switch and we'd have the other three that we talked to and then again, switch.
0: Do you know, um, dinner? table etiquette cuz i really I don't. was watching
2: it right before thankfully <laughs> i had my grand my grandmother's voice freaking in my ear for what to do but also i mostly just took the lead of whoever the interviewer was oh very doing. smart very um, very smart for example one one person was being very kind they were like very polite having only the fork in their left hand cutting with the right Jeez, eating with sport. the fork <laughs> And because we didn't have multiple forks we she Put her fork face up so the tongs were facing up, and then she balanced her knife on top of it so it wasn't on the table. So I just copied exactly. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) gosh,
1: (laughs) you were paying attention. I was. That's like psychology
3: there. Like if you want somebody to like you to like mimic their moves, that's literally like. (laughs) 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 These are
0: the qualities of a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But it wasn't as stuffy
2: as you might think. People were talking with. Food in their mouth, so I felt <laughs> more comfortable as we went on. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say I feel like
2: I would just be silent for the entire <laughs> dinner. I'd be too scared. It was very much. I was often the last person to eat because I was too busy talking, and then I had to sit quietly and try to finish my meal so the people could take my plate away.
3: <laughs> it's a great time to say you're fasting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, would, like, yeah, I don't know if I have
0: it an was, appetite. It was. It was meditation. late at night. It was like 8 p.m. I oh, think. Been what been if, if
3: they don't know the rule to fast. Yeah, they don't. They might
0: not. <laughs> no, they probably can't know do, the you, rules. Can't do that. You can't they're, they're. They're. They're intellectual. I'm sure they know the yeah. rules. <laughs> okay, so you had this dinner mm-hmm. and then it you wake up in Moncton and it's the next day. Yeah. Is this interview day?
2: It is. I was first interview, eight thirty A. M. bright and <gasps> early. Oh, wow. good morning. Were you like a morning person? Were you happy about that or No. Uh, <laughs> in <laughs> short, no. I was I did learn that the interviews went till five PM. So I was pretty grateful cool. that at the very least it was before checkout time, so I could at least slowly get out of my hotel room after. So I walk in and At around 8.30, they invite me in. And I'm not going to give away any specific questions here. Mm because This is more of a public forum. But I will say that the questions were fairly broad. So, of course, they did touch on one or two parts of my resume, Mm -hmm. um, some of my athletic pursuits, because that is something that they're interested in.
3: Athletic, you said?
2: Yes. It is one one of the actual four things they look for is either artistic or athletic excellence. Oh,
3: I see. I see. Interesting.
4: Yep.
2: What? Do you, I didn't,
3: do you do sports?
2: Here, here's my story. <laughs> so, unfortunately, since, of course, I grew up in a fairly low socioeconomic household, I mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of funding to pursue a lot of sports. In fact, we didn't even have a car for most of my childhood. So, right. it's not the safest to be a child taking the bus late at night. Yeah. So, of course, of I course. had to give up a lot of those um, extracurricular pursuits early on. But Correct. now that I'm older and I'm in university and I have more time and opportunity, I realized that ever since I could- I was a kid. I always wanted to learn how to ice skate. You Aww. know, as Canadians, who doesn't watch the Winter Olympics and marvel at people figure skating and them jumping and going, wow, they're flying. That is incredible. I wish I could. the
3: Dancer's <laughs> blushing right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, ice hockey for me. So, figure skating's cool, but... but You're,
2: you're still flying across the... That's league. true. That's true. It's just,
4: unless you're a goalie and you're just chilling. That's well, what well, he does. <laughs> <the flying animals.
2: laughs> Stuff flies at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um... So I decided to learn how to skate because also, of course, one of the big things in Canada, you go out with your friends to ice skate during the winter because there's mm-hmm. rinks all over. But I couldn't ice skate, so I couldn't <laughs> partake. So I figured, you know what? No, this is the end. I'm going to learn. Oh. So I signed myself up for some figure skating lessons. And the very first lesson, I could not move. I was holding on to the barrier <laughs> and I had to have one of the instructors wheel me over across the ice to where we were learning. But by the end of that first session, I could at the very least walk and pick myself up off the ice and glide a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now I'm still a bit of an awkward penguin, but I'm learning to skate (laughs) backwards. I'm learning how to go from front to back, like, direct continuous skating, mm-hmm. and hopefully I'll learn how to use my edges so I can do some front and back crossovers. But baby steps, I'm just really enjoying the process, and I'm taking this as an excuse to fulfill a childhood dream. Oh, Aww. good that for you! That is so, so sweet.
3: Do
1: you plan to, like, continue learning when you go to Oxford, like, figure skating over there? Or have Absolutely. Yeah. Now,
2: I do... I would describe myself more as a jack of all trades than a master of one. Mm -hmm. So I feel like once I become fairly confident on the ice, I'm probably just going to switch to something else. For example, (laughs) I've always wanted to learn piano. And every time I watch you play, so Hale, I get, oh, my heart sings. (laughs) So if I could learn to do one or two songs, that would be. So I, I do plan on continuing. But of course, I don't plan on being the next um olympian for sure <laughs> well
0: that's so amazing for you and good for you for pursuing that thank you it's never a good uh, that's
3: really inspiring mm-hmm, i think yeah. that's incredible
0: see she's just the most inspiring like <laughs> oh
2: it was so interesting to talk to diana so i'll circle back to the interview questions briefly but mm-hmm. they do ask you essentially um like how you plan to execute your goal slightly yep. i didn't have to know everything but i gave them some ideas of what i knew and what i thought i could do right. at oxford what they were looking for. And then they also asked me some big, wide questions. So, for example, it would be something like if you're say you're interested in um, athletics and improving access to athletics, they'd say, okay, if you were the head of like the NCAA, what are the biggest issues that you see in that community right now and how would you solve them? So it's these very big level questions. They're looking for big, um, well thought out answers and just Mm -hmm. to try and understand a bit more how you think. Which is tricky because I don't think anybody knows what the big, the two biggest issues are and how to solve them. Mm-hmm. But you're just expected to try your best. Did you prepare for these questions at all or is there even... I did prepare for some questions, none of which were asked. Oh. <laughs> I was doing some... Um, I downloaded a few podcasts on the road to Moncton regarding how different solutions for the housing crisis, why the housing crisis is currently <laughs> existing in Canada. I had some... Um, Videos about the history of the Israeli-Palestine conflict and also shout out to the Dalhousie, I believe, Muslim Students Association. They oh, nice. in partnered with, I believe, another society to provide a lecture on the history of um, Palestine and, of course, Israel. So students could get a bit better of an idea of why the conflict is currently taking place and some of that historical um, continuity and change that led us here So mm-hmm. that also helped me a lot At least in being prepared for answering any questions Of that sort yes. Now I didn't make it into the interview But that was dinner table conversations oh, oh, okay. somewhat That's prepared. Mm-hmm.
0: Always prepared, perfect Okay, so then you had your interview Obviously it went well mm-hmm. And so then you come ho- Sorry, oh.
4: Pepper, How long was the interview total?
0: It was 40
1: minutes Perfect. Okay. I also have a question After the interview, how did you feel? Did you feel like you did well? Or were you like,
2: ah, what just happened? I thought i bombed it i'll be fine with you and so certain that i didn't get it (laughs) i made a vow to not discuss it for the rest of the day because it would just ruin my mood they told me that they would call me regardless of whether i won or lost to update me so i left the hotel as soon as i could (laughs) (laughs) i hit the road and around the time i got back i just started the shower and i was really tired from driving so i was about to go to bed when i got the call on the phone and i was so sure that it was just going to be that um Rejection call, you know, that big R that we discuss a lot (laughs) is pre-meds. So I picked it up. I was absolutely ready to put this behind me and focus on medical school interviews that I had coming up. When they told me that they had a lot of calls to do today, and I said, "I know, must be hard, but they had good news for me. And I went into shock. My mouth dropped open. (laughs) I mumbled out a yes, I will accept. And (laughs) I went and I sat in the shower for a while just realizing how much my life had changed.
1: Wow. That is so so incredible. You do a really good job of telling that story. I'm like captivated in this corner like with my (laughs) mouth open right now. No, the tears (laughs) flowing in my eyes.
0: Like, oh, sweet Diana. Okay, amazing. So,
3: I think that we should maybe talk a little bit about like just your undergrad and like the Mm -hmm. steps that you took to come to where you are right now right Mm -hmm. so like just in general maybe give us like a little bit of idea like what your high school journey Mm -hmm. was and then applying to Dalhousie and coming from Ontario to here
2: sure so um I'll start off a bit earlier than that because my background does play a big role in why I'm here today of course so I do have a pretty colored childhood. Mm -hmm. I have two older brothers with neurodevelopmental disabilities, um, and both because there were few resources for them in the educational system, they weren't able to achieve the same educational pursuits that I could have. In fact, one of my brothers was never able to achieve a high school education simply because no school wanted to take him um, because of his behavioral difficulties related to his learning disability. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Mm. Me too. So that often resulted in him feeling very resentful and frankly violent so I was witness to that domestic abuse on like a daily weekly basis it was a pretty scary time so I quickly realized how also because we were plunged into poverty because when you know a kid can't go to school a mom can't go to work so she lost her job and we were really suffering through severe poverty for the longest time but thanks to some other family members we were able to I was able to at least pursue education elsewhere because although I love that little town, I knew that I wanted to prepare more for university because I did want to pursue that higher education because maybe then I'll have the knowledge and power to be able to make changes in our system to reduce this inequality and maybe even to improve um, resources for the neurodevelopmentally disabled. So. From there, we me and my mother, we made a list of all of the schools in Ontario, like that were relatively near us that offered IB and AP programs. And we called nearly all of them. Mm-hmm. Except this one school called Thornley, who we called, who had an AP program, who said they would be happy to accept us out of district because at that time we couldn't yet afford an apartment nearby. Mm-hmm. Nice. So for the first month of school, oh my mother, she drove me back and forth about an hour to high school oh. every day. And that high school was incredible. I had teachers that truly cared about me that were very knowledgeable in their subject areas and so that they could bestow that knowledge a bit easier on to me mm-hmm. similarly um they were very kind and empowering they often ran a lot of great clubs for example there was a amnesty international book club chapter at our high school where we were able to read books on social justice issues and then create community events to either fundraise for these issues or to raise awareness um we taught a lot of people about the different routes to homelessness and some of the difficulties with residential schools and even yeah. issues today with um, indigenous people's access to education being lacking that was crazy mm-hmm. I also during that time realized that a lot of my peers did not have any financial literacy related to their name especially those that were either immigrants or those from low socioeconomic backgrounds themselves yeah often people couldn't tell me the difference between a credit card and a checking account <laughs> and I realized oh guys we're gonna be sending our names on thousands of dollars of loans in like a few years time (sighs) i feel like we should be learning about this yeah but it wasn't in our curriculum so i talked with my librarian and she was amazing she let me know that there was this grant that was being opened up by the ontario um, education department so i applied to fund a club to teach my peers about finances and i won so i got a thousand dollars from which i was able to hire a few experts in the field and some public speakers to come in and talk with my school about issues such as what checking is, what is credit, how you get good credit, why is that important. And I remember at the end of one such talk, a student came up to the presenter and said, thank you so much. My parents have been in credit card debt for all my whole life from what I can remember. And I was so scared that I vowed to never get a credit card myself because I didn't want to have that same debt over my head. But now I know how to use it. And that it's important if I want to get an apartment or a job, well, not necessarily some jobs, but yeah. an apartment or a mortgage. So now that when I, I turn 18, I'm going to register myself for a credit card and I'm going to use it responsibly. So thank you for that. So seeing that impact was incredible. So I, of course, just studied hard as well because I love my studies and I knew that if I studied hard now, it might pay off later. And it did. <laughs> I was gracious Enough to receive a scholarship to Dalhousie University, and I also learned about the Dalhousie Integrated Science Program, which would allow me to pursue research starting from my first year. So I was so excited for that opportunity to really get my hands dirty and understand how research would work in a scientific sphere. So I signed up, Mm -hmm. I was accepted, and I've been here ever since. (laughs) As for medical sciences, I've really enjoyed the interdisciplinary sense of the degree. We've been able to dip our toes into a lot of different fields, which is exactly what I wanted because at the time I didn't know exactly what biochemistry was or what immunology is or even what physiology encountered. So mm-hmm. being able to take all those courses and get a good understanding of what each section means and yeah. what it pertains to has been very helpful. And I continue to try and find ways to improve my community here. So for example, there was um, the Dalhousie Medical Campus Response Team that provides first aid to students, mm-hmm. which can help to offset the issue of Paramedic wait times, since we know that they're already strained as is, so if we can provide a bit of first aid, give somebody a look over and realize whether they do or do not need a paramedic, Mm -hmm. that can really help to ease the system and also provide that more immediate first aid where it's necessary. So I've done that. I've continued to volunteer and research. I've been part of Shalit Domo's lab for a couple years now with her for my honors. I volunteered at the IWK, the diabetes, endocrine, and pain clinics, doing whatever I can for the admin and i also volunteer at the autism research center on occasion helping them with some research
3: that's terrific amazing.
2: so well versed absolutely yeah.
3: amazing so you mentioned like that inter um disciplinary aspect so does that, have you kind of narrowed down what it is you want to do now kind of with your career and everything like I s- especially <laughs> considering you're going off to oxford right now and then <laughs> do you plan on coming back or anything
2: um, I do plan on coming back, but I do recognize that a lot can change in two years. A yeah. lot can even change in a week. <laughs> <as I've learned. laughs> um, so I am still keeping an open mind because maybe I will want to pursue that deep film That might keep me there for a few more years. Or mm-hmm. perhaps I'll want to go elsewhere for doctoral or even postdoc studies. So right. we'll see. But um, I am still interested in medicine since mm-hmm. I would right. like to engage in more clinical, patient-centered um, endeavors at some point as well. Mm-hmm. But the best way I can describe it is that there is a wonderful professional called Dr. Lisa Barrett who runs the SAIL Immunology Lab here in Halifax. She's also a clinician, and because of her work working with vaccination and immunology, she's been able to help implement, I believe, policies and programs to vaccinate prisoners in Nova Scotia and PEI against hepatitis C, where they are disproportionately affected by this. And especially when we think about how minorities are so overrepresented in our judicial system, often because of these social determinants of health and societal factors that push them there, being able to help this group and prevent them from facing this long-term health consequence, has that's amazing. If I could do something similar in terms of providing clinical support and doing research to help create policies that can better reduce inequality that would be my life goal for sure wow I'm
1: speechless that's incredible (laughs) (laughs) um actually yeah if anyone else
0: yeah um so I guess I just had a question because you did mention earlier that you um were still planning on studying and preparing for your med school interview that you got congratulations thank you um so now that you've gotten the Rhodes Scholarship and that all kind of happened before the med school interview process happened um what's what how are you going about that well, at the very least, it's
2: expensive interview practice. I did spend mm-hmm. how much money on applications to, <laughs> <of> course, <laughs> to potentially get an interview, so I'm still going to at least go through them for the experience of it so I can Absolutely. get a better understanding of how that process would work if I do decide to reapply. If I'm lucky enough to get accepted, I might ask the admissions committee about their deferral process and what yeah. that mm-hmm. might and what that might require. But I am very understanding that um, deferrals are typically only for exceptional circumstances and typically only a year at a time. So I luckily would be eligible.
4: Exceptional. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say you embody you are the definition. <laughs> I mean
2: they would just help me probably to reapply and they can take my more my another two hundred, three hundred dollars. <laughs> we'll hey, Dow's seventy
4: five.
3: I mean. Yeah, take take a, oh many. fair. Props. Props to yeah. Dow for that, but yeah, OMSAS is, <laughs> 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 <DAL> is
2: expensive. <laughs> is Dow
3: also seventy for like out of province?
4: Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's yeah. so nice. I, that. I don't think actually prices differ in Ontario for med- or in Canada for medical schools based on uh, in province or out of province. I don't No,
0: I don't think so. I think it's just no. one.
4: Just yeah. It's just the actual just other stuff that differs. <laughs> Everything else that <laughs> differs.
0: Okay, I have a few questions. Yeah. Um so me and you had a conversation once about um a calculus endeavor that you started in high school. Mm-hmm. I it's can you talk about that? Because that's just one of the many amazing, brilliant, crazy things that I like you're just that yeah, you've mm-hmm. done. <laughs> uh,
2: well thank you, but that's it's just a very similar story. Essentially mm-hmm. I see a need in my community and I think can I do something about it? yeah okay let's let's figure out how Uh so i was lucky enough to take calculus in my 11th year of high school um (laughs) (laughs) because frankly i just wanted to fast track all the subjects that i loved and math was one of those so i took that early on in my degree and i was grateful enough to take ap calculus with an amazing professor and i took the ap calculus exam that year and i got credit for it thank you ap programs i love saving money (laughs) in university (laughs) on tuition But the year after, due to budget cuts, that program had to get cut. There just weren't enough students taking AP Calculus for them to fund that course. And there were students that had been in their third year, now in grade 12, that were looking forward to taking it that no longer had the opportunity. So what I did was I ran a little calculus club. I would teach a few lectures. I would go through (laughs) my little book, and I'd make little lesson plans, and I would teach it, and I'd hand out some homework on the AP concepts that they weren't (laughs) going to be taught um, because that was cut so I did my best to kind of sprinkle in some extra content throughout such that they would have at least somewhere else to go if they couldn't afford private tutoring because I know that can be ridiculously expensive yep Um, I also of course would on occasion bring in the AP calculus teacher that had taught me since she was still teaching just not that course any longer so people had any more specific questions they could at least go to her and get those answered and help um, to have that problem-solving process Mm -hmm. so yeah I just basically created a little tutoring tutoring course see isn't she just
0: like the most amazing incredible like <laughs> i just oh my gosh you just fuel me with so much joy you're just like such a perfect angel i can't okay um i had a, a few questions about um because you're from ontario ontario okay yeah. i just yeah um so how did you go about picking Dal? was it just because of the DISP um, program or i know you won a an incredible scholarship as well like how did you go about this
2: well first um I was part of the Tim Hortons Youth Leadership Program for um, children in low socioeconomic status families. So Mm -hmm. I was part of that. And I had a few friends that I met that were from Nova Scotia originally. And I've been, of course, keeping in touch with them over the years. And they encouraged me to reach out to take a look at DAL because they had some good programs. And I saw, okay, they have medical sciences. That's great. That is something I'd be interested in learning. And okay, cool. Integrated science program. This is one of the Few programs in Canada that even offer um, research experience in your first year. So I thought that would be amazing. And then again, what sealed the deal was that big scholarship because I realized that if I wasn't so worried about funding my education, I could focus on my education. I could focus on studying and getting involved with my community. So it was pretty easy from that point. I know that if I didn't have the scholarship, I would have had to approach. My studies very differently i probably would have had to work through my degree i would not have had the time to really you know invest in my studies and read the textbook readings and have to miss more lectures and that wouldn't have resulted in me being where i am today
3: right
1: mm-hmm. um yeah i'm just that's incredible in your path everything that you've done is so amazing and i think uh your your grades have been incredible i mean i don't know your grades but i think that that may <laughs> we can assume. Ha- i can assume <laughs> i'm making an assumption here that you've yeah. done incredibly well in university and I know that you've had a lot to balance and getting that scholarship, like you just said, must have helped you a lot. But how has your time management been throughout university? Like, does it come naturally to you or how have you struggled with that? And what have you done to kind of, you know,
2: succeed mm-hmm. like you have? I have struggled with it. Um, I think what's been key for me is approaching everything really strongly in the beginning of the year. Because typically then I have a bit more time, I have a bit more bandwidth, I have a bit more motivation. Yeah. And when you at least get high grades on the fir- those first few tests, it means that when you don't do as well on the exam, you're still okay. It means when you, you can drop the ball a little bit later if you need to. That's and I tip. remember I read this quote online somewhere that you will always have too many balls to juggle, but some are will be plastic and some will be glass and know which ones are which.
0: Oh. So oh. I do my
2: best to figure out which balls are plastic and which balls are glass. For the example, this past week, I've had a new workload of trying to apply for a master's mm-hmm. program that I didn't expect to at this point in the year, but here I am. Thank you, Rhodes. But <laughs> I've I've had to drop the ball. For example, there was a test that I had that I just did not have time to study for, and frankly, I have never finished a test so quickly because I did not know the answers, and I knew even if I waited, I would not have known the answers. <laughs> so I think I, that might have been the first test I've ever failed here at <laughs> university, <laughs> But the lowest test got dropped. And my first two tests were high enough that I don't have to worry about it. So that's a plastic ball to me. Similarly, there was a quiz yesterday that I just did not have the time for that I skipped. Frankly, that's pretty rare for me. I don't (laughs) skip quizzes. I do them all even if I don't think I'll do well because at least I'll have that experience. But I just didn't have the time. But the lowest quiz gets dropped. And I did well throughout all the other quizzes. So, oh well. It's really just when you have the capacity to really pouring your efforts in such that you have more plastic balls later to drop.
0: That's incredible advice.
3: That's a really good way to put it.
0: She's just so perfect. (laughs) I'm just so happy you're here. Look, we need to get that plastered on a picture and (laughs) put it on my wall.
3: Can that be our, like, moto? (laughs) It should be. be Yeah, it should be.
0: (laughs) Have more plastic balls. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Beautiful. do you guys have any more questions? You're just so perfect. I had so many questions, and you just are just... Is there anything else that you
1: wanted to talk about, Diana, that you didn't get a chance to today, or...?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody that wins this award thinks that they will win it, frankly. It is surreal, so I would just encourage everyone to apply for that scholarship, even if you don't think you'll get it. Worst case, it's an application practice, and essay practice, In the best will lead you here. So really you know, throw your hat in the ring. Don't leave any cards on the table because you don't know where it'll take you.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time, Diana. Like, honestly, like, you are such an incredible, inspirational person and we're just, oh my God, look at me crying. I just, (laughs) she's just so perfect. Anyway, you're just so well deserving of this award and we're just
2: so proud of you. Uh, Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. And again, thank you to you guys for running this podcast. This is exactly the type of thing that I, would love to see. It's people recognizing a need and trying to fill it in their community for others. So congrats to you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Diana. Thanks so much Thank for coming.
0: You. So happy Absolutely. to have you.
4: And if you guys are at all, anyone listening to this, also interested in applying, hopefully in future years, to Rhodes, uh, obviously I don't think you can get the information that Diana provided anywhere else. Were <laughs> amazing, but... Uh, also check out the roads website by dal dal.ca/roads slash they have pretty much all the information in terms of the timeline and other like pdfs and stuff that you would need also you can just type in roads uh, mm-hmm. onto the, your engine and browser and probably find all that there too um, we're at 42 minutes how do we feel do we want to just end it there we can i think we're fine talk about other like just scholarship opportunities but we can save that for another episode as let's well let's
0: do that for the fourth year episode. fourth year one all yeah. right vibes um,
4: all right then let's end this out
0: Okay. Oh, this is the, our last episode of the semester. Actually, what a good way to end for on an absolute bang! Perfect ending. I know, just so incredible. Um, okay, so I guess we'll just—I'll quickly go over. Um, if you haven't seen our um, DAT Crusher giveaway, we're giving away a biology crash course—a <laughs> biology crash course to help you studying for the DAT if you're planning on doing that anytime in the near future. Um, all of the information is um, in your emails and on the Instagram. Um, similarly, if you're applying for that, we have the discount code. Give that a check out. And fill out the forms. We're always happy to hear from you.
4: As always. And especially, uh, w- well, we hope you all have a great exam season, great winter break, and keep an eye out in the new year for some applications for Duke. Uh, yeah. Hopefully oh, opening up. Oh my gosh, yeah. 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 yeah we're positions. passing
0: on the torch if you're interested. Yeah. You could, you could be speaking into this mic this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Bye, Appreciate guys. all your support, guys. Thank Thanks you. Everyone. Happy holidays. Bye. 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 Bye.